about this headline. No, that's not the one I was talking about. An alarming number of boomers not ready for retirement. We'll talk about that later. This headline, Godzilla dust cloud from Sahara blankets Caribbean on way to U.S. What? God, did you not hear me? A Godzilla dust cloud. From the Sahara, which is in Africa. It's covering the Caribbean? They're calling it a Godzilla dust cloud, in case you missed that. <sighs> a vast cloud. Does of everything s- have to have a clever name? Murder Hornets. What if it sweeps up Murder Hornets in it? It'll be like Sharknado, except it'll be Godzilla Murder Hornet dust cloud. Oh, I can't see it. I'm being eaten by hornets. It's <laughs> a bad way to be. A uh, vast cloud of Sahara dust is blanking the Caribbean as it heads toward the United States. That's sucky. With a size and concentration that experts say hasn't been seen in half a century. Yikes. That's what we need in America. Experts have nicknamed the event the Godzilla Dust Cloud as they no, realize this is the sort of thing it. that will cause me to mention it on the air. Yes. <laughs> and Thank they you were for right. The clever name. And they were right. Uh, what are you about to hear here? Luckily, the Gamera wind is coming from the West. Mm. I came across this uh, video. Tim Sandifer retweeted it, and it's just. Well, I'll read what it said here at the top here. Uh. Shirtless white dude with a man bun calls a black DC cop the N word in defense of black lives. Um, wow. There's a lot of videos going around of cops doing things they shouldn't do that really bother me. But there's also videos like this one. Here's a shirtless dude with a man bun. Why does the shirtlessness in the hairstyle make any difference? I don't know. It just, it makes him extra annoying. And knowing that. The, there's uh, cameras everywhere, and that 90% of police are never going to uh, do anything they shouldn't do. He's taking advantage of that by just abusing them. We'll play a little of the audio. He's right in their face, by the way. He's got his face, his nose, like right up to the plastic shield on their um, on their helmets as they're ready to try to quell a riot. Your child's going to tell you you're a piece of Your mom's going to tell you if your mother does it, I feel sorry for her. I feel sorry for your family. You're a piece of So if you have trouble uh, hearing that, he's saying you're a piece of S. Your mom thinks you're a piece of S. Everybody, I watched the whole thing, and it makes wow. you so mad, I want to fight that MF-er. Wow. I mean, he just, what a jerk. And it's complete... It reminds me of when fans get in the face of players at NBA games. Similar oh, yeah. sort of thing. They can't do anything... To me, and I'm acting like I'm tough, or I'm tougher than them, mm-hmm. because they're not reacting to me. When, because they have more to lose if yeah. this escalates in what I'm trying to escalate yeah, to. Yeah, it'll cost them millions of dollars if they, they punch me. Yeah. <laughs> I might be able to sue them for millions of dollars. But the the weird thing is you get some sort of feeling of being a tough guy out of it, which is strange. So this guy, well, you knowing, get to play the tough guy anyway. knowing that he lives in a country where they won't beat you down most likely... He goes with that just weak rant against the police, Get, going up and down the line, getting in their faces, saying horrible things, including a black guy, the N-word. Um, friggin' believable. Why is this guy not being outed and doxxed and ruined? I'll tell you why. Number one, people on the right generally don't do that. Number two, he's such a piece of crap. There's no need. He's. I hereby sentence him to being him for the rest of his life, which is really a devastating penalty. God, there's a lot of places in the world, though, you talk like that to a cop and you're going to get a stick in your head. Oh, yeah. There are places in the United States where that would happen. And frankly, you know, 
on rare occasions, I'm pro-vigilante justice. Go ahead, whack him in the ear. <laughs> but, uh, oh, my God. And so the, the restraint that the police have to have to put up with that kind of person who's just abusing the law and order that we do have. Mm-hmm. Really maddening. Yeah, you know, it's funny. That guy dropping an N-bomb on that uh, black cop, it reminds me of something. I can't find it. I, I came across it earlier today. It's uh, young, woke, black uh, adults angrily lecturing their elders who actually endured awful racism in the uh, you know the mid-20th century and how they're screaming that the elders don't know what they're talking about and they don't, they're not woke enough. I mean, oh boy, that would be a little tough to take. Well, anyway, hey, ain't so uh, I haven't been following this. I don't know who Steve Bing is. We got this text. Another Epstein friend is dead. Steve Bing jumped off a 27 story building in Los Angeles. I know that's the ex-husband of hottie Elizabeth Hurley. Businessman. Uh, I don't I, I don't I had no idea Epstein's he was connected connection? to Epstein. Uh, dies after a fall from a building. Uh Oh, I suspect foul play. He committed suicide? Is that Fall what from a building. I'm not ready to rule on what it is, Jack. Okay. Was Hillary uh, seen in the area? Uh, just texters that jumped, of course. It's a random texter. I have no idea what they know about this. I didn't know he was married to Elizabeth early. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, I have no idea. But they're I'll saying it's little... an Epstein associate? Yeah. I don't know. Somebody give me something. Somebody dig I'll, something. I'll up. look into that. All right. Do you know who Sean King is? I don't. Not Sean Southwick King. Wife of Larry King, I believe his eighth wife. This is a different feller. This is an activist feller. He's a staunch Black Lives Matter activist. He was tweeting the other day that all murals and stained glass windows of white Jesus and his European mother and their white friends should come down. They're a gross form of white supremacy created as tools of oppression, racist propaganda. They should all come down. And so uh, look for uh, stained glass windows and churches uh, near you to be smashed up soon by the mobs. That's nice. Uh, But I became aware of this, that uh, Mr. King may have um, a little um, uh, uh, Al Sharpton in him in terms of his, uh, his, uh, his finances. Uh, King's... Uh, He's raised uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a month from celebrities and donors, yet he has failed to deliver on nearly every one of his promises, which include building multiple studios, hiring nearly 50 world-class journalists, etc., to reestablish Frederick Douglass's newspaper, The North Star, as an online venture. The former New York City columnist is trying to raise money online for a daily video news broadcast... Uh, there are plenty of people who do that out of the basements, and they make it look great for practically nothing. Some former North Star employees use terms including liar and a fraud, or, quote, really shading, shady effing business and self-sabotage when describing their dealings with King. Uh, former North Star editor-in-chief Keisha Blaine wrote in a tweet after leaving the company, Sean and the word accountability should never appear in the same sentence. So many people warned me about him, and I didn't listen. King, who gained national fame during the Black Lives Matter movement, has not had any civil or criminal charges filed against him involving any of the ventures the Daily Beast noted. I would need a beast every day. A weekly beast would be plenty for me. <laughs> How many beasts is enough? 
Um, I do uh, have some sympathy for the whole Black Lives Matter thing, having been, uh, you know, somewhat involved in the Tea Party movement back in the day. And we spoke at a couple of rallies and stuff like that. Um, there was Tea Party. Then there was Tea Party Patriots and Tea Party something or others. And I don't remember which names were which, but for the average person, they all kind of were the same thing. Well, the groups were quite a bit different. Some of them were hucksters just in it for money. Sure. And, uh, and, 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 and creepos that I hate. Um, Others were co-opting the energy of the movement for your same old tired political goals, raising money for Congress guys. Right. And a similar thing, we raise money for a group called Warrior Foundation that's fantastic. There's something else called Wounded Warriors, similar name. There are a number of things like that. Some of them aren't fantastic. Right. So, uh, you know, it, it, I understand how that whole thing works. Right, and there are some uh, time-honored civil rights organizations that have absolutely embodied the uh, statement by, what's his name? I can never remember authors' names. I remember the authors of two books. Herman Melville wrote Moby Dick and the Bible written by God. Those there are the only go. two authors. The Bible! Come up. Perfect. That's right, sir. Um, but uh, he was the guy who said every great cause uh, becomes a business and eventually degenerates into a racket. And there are some uh, vaunted civil rights organizations that are, at this point, in my opinion, a racket. So, yeah, people give money to them. There are, there are, there are sums of money I can't even comprehend pouring into the coffers of civil rights organizations, which range from the righteous to the questionable to the utterly corrupt. But nobody cares. They just want it in the newspaper. My corporation gave, so please don't make us your next you know, target. Right. It's times we live in. So right now there's a hearing going on. Dr. Fauci's speaking. It's the first time I've seen him in, geez, how long has it been? Remember, we saw him every day there in the beginning, but now he's uh, speaking and others and... Uh, they seem to be somewhat concerned about the resurgence of COVID in various places. If there are any highlights, we'll bring them to you. I really don't, really don't want to have to deal with this again. It's up here and there. You know, you oh, might boy. have to throttle back where you live for a while what, in what, one way or another. Let's hope it's less ham-handed and idiotic than it was, you know, the first time around. What if it shows up at the same time as the Godzilla dust cloud? I mean, you, then what do you got? So do, you'll be glad you're in your home. We have ham that may or may not be shaped like hands. Is that what you're I heard? You're an idiot. It's an expression, Sean. It's an expression. <laughs> um, so anything good or interesting, and a few things actually interesting have come out of that hearing, and we'll bring them to you. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Although you can never guarantee at all the safety and efficacy of a vaccine until you actually test it in the field, we feel cautiously optimistic based on the concerted effort and the fact that we are taking financial risks, not risks to safety, not risks to the integrity of the science, but financial risks to be able to be ahead of the game so that when, and I believe it will be when and not if, we get favorable candidates with good results, we will be able to make them available to the American public, as I said to this committee months ago, within a year from when we started. 
which would put us at the end of this calendar year and the beginning of 2021. Bah. What? That's soonish. I don't even want to think about what. That's lightning quick in the world of vaccines. I realize that, but God dang it, that's six months from now. Well, so there's a hearing going on about the COVID. I know you're sick of hearing about the COVID, but so there was a woman up there. I was hoping to get it, but MSNBC switched away from the hearing, which is kind of surprising to me, especially since it was a Democrat uh, uh, asking the question at the time. But guess what she had to ask about? She said, I want to know, has Donald Trump asked you to cut back on testing? I thought everybody's always oh. got to make this stuff about a Trump controversy. Oh, because what he said at his campaign the yeah. other day. Yeah, yeah. trolling and everything like that. was a bad joke, if oh, you yeah. ask me, but it yeah. was clearly a joke. He shouldn't say that, and he's trolling, yeah. and he just likes to dust stuff. But, but why has it always got to be about a Trump thing? Why is it always? Here's the most interesting thing I've heard about CDC. You're bored by this. You're bored by all this COVID crap. I understand it. I, 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 I tune out myself. But this is the most interesting stat I think I've heard yet. Latest CDC data. People over 65 account for 80% of the deaths. 80% of the deaths while only being 16% of the population. Mm. It's overwhelmingly an old person thing. Yeah. 65 isn't old, but it's older. You certainly can figure out if you're in a high-risk group. 80% of the deaths are over the age of 65, with that being 16% of the population. It's overwhelmingly a disease that's killing old people. Right. It's just, it just is. <clears throat> and then, you know, we should we should craft our everything around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I'm hoping, again, our, our response as the cases rise again is just not as stupid and and. and ill-considered and arbitrary as it was the last time. I hope we're getting better at this. A couple of politics stories for you here, and one relates to the the Trump rally. Is it this, about the Godzilla dust cloud? No. So this is, uh, this is it's a bit of a head-scratcher to me, and I'm glad I don't get caught up in this stuff, really. But you remember the story of how the attendance at the Tulsa rally was suppressed because it appeared that a million people wanted to show up. And uh, we had listeners say, I know I can't get in. Um, and that, that those million people were actually trolling by TikTok and K-pop fans and the rest of it. We were talking about that. And, and it seemed to me an explanation. You could call it an excuse if you want, but an explanation of why the turnout was lower than Trump rallies generally have. And I thought, oh, that's how they were screwing with the Trump campaign. Well, oddly, and I'm still mystified by this. Um, Brad Parscale in the Trump campaign is denying that vehemently. And well, we actually got a really annoyingly condescending and nasty email from Nate. And Nate, one more of those, you're blocked for life, pal. Um, but there are Trump fans who are seeing that story somehow as a shot at Trump? I, I don't get you people at all. So I was surprised that it didn't get mentioned on a Fox segment I saw yesterday about it, and it didn't get mentioned on an MSNBC segment I saw about it. Mm-hmm. And both sides have their own reason. So the Trump hating networks, they don't want to bring this up because they want it to be proof that he's lost his luster. Right. And the TikTok thing ruins that. And the right, I guess, on Fox, they didn't want to admit that a bunch of teens punked the Trump campaign, I guess. I well, don't know. Here's what Brad Parscale said. Uh, he, he gets into the story, and then he said, These phony ticket requests never factor into our thinking. 
What makes this a lame attempt at hacking our events even more foolish is the fact that every rally is general admission. Entry is on a first-come, first-served basis, and prior registration is not required. The fact is that a week's worth of the fake news media warning people away from the rally because of COVID and protesters, coupled with recent images of American cities on fire, had a real impact on people bringing their families and children to the rally. MSNBC was among outlets reporting that protesters even blocked entrances to the rally at times. For the media to now celebrate the fear that they helped create is disgusting but typical. It makes you wonder why we bother credentialing media for events when they don't do their full jobs as professionals. Um, he says registering for the rally means you RSVP'd with a cell phone number, and we constantly weed out bogus numbers as we did with tens of thousands at the Tulsa rally in calculating our possible attendee pool. And again, these phony ticket requests never factor into our thinking. Well, all this under the, uh, I saw Brit Human Fox say yesterday, this isn't going to matter about anything. This is going to have no effect on anything. Right. Why are we even talking about this? Which, uh, you know, it's, I find it kind of interesting, but it's, it's not consequential. Right. Exactly. And the part that, and, and the effort to portray it as, uh, you know, Trump as can't draw his crowds anymore. Well, Joe Biden can't draw 50 people if he offers free beer is hilarious. What caught my attention was, all the arguments and all the people acting like they're offended by the one version when you'd think they'd be offended by the other version. I can't figure out what the hell's going on. Nearly 8 million people watched on Fox, the most watched thing they've ever had on a Saturday on Fox. So yeah, there was, well, there was some interest. lost his luster. Clearly. There was some interest there. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I can feel it in the future. I can see it in the cold. This is not a good time to be a statue. Because at first, it felt like only the Confederate statues were coming down. But now it seems like they're just tearing down anything that doesn't move. I'm so afraid that now when I'm waiting to cross the street, I keep moving just so that no one comes in and tries to rip off my head. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, so last night, Lafayette Park, across from the White House, now famous for Trump going in there and holding up a Bible. Well, but, it's um, BLM Park now, isn't it? Or Black Lives Matter Square, something people are calling it. But protesters were in the park last night attempting to pull down the Andrew Jackson statue that's been there forever. And in broad daylight, and went on, this went on for hours with no police showing up to do anything for some reason. I don't understand why we just decided that mobs get to decide what statues are in our parks, even though they were probably put up at great taxpayer expense. There is a uh, an element of society and government that just says, just don't make people angry. Just don't make them angry. And, They're already angry. Just submit. And how did uh, p- white police or mean to black people, I, that, I shouldn't say it that way. Uh, some white, a white policeman murdered a black guy. But in general, white, uh, I don't even know how to phrase anything anymore. Well, especially um, when you look at the real numbers of, of police violence. I'm not even going to get into I, I know, that. I know, I know. But um, it's abhorrent anytime it, it happens. What started as a problem with racist policing, according to the protesters, how did that become pulling down Andrew Jackson in the park? And then why are the police allowing that to happen? Well, be- All this is confusing to me. Well, I'll explain it to you. The energy of the American people saying we must preserve people's civil rights is being utilized by radicals. They're taking that energy and turning it toward 
uh, the critical race theory, the uh, the the racist, anti-racist, the, the Marxism, the rest of it. They're using that energy. And that energy, or, or, and those radicals are pulling down Andrew Jackson because he's part of the patriarchy and history of white supremacy. So that's what's happening. But back to the core question. Uh, police brutality, if you want to use that term, um, it's, it's a good enough term, I suppose. Um, I think anybody with a, a living soul understands that uh, the worst thing for good cops is bad cops. And to whatever extent we can reform policing and make it better and more effective and 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 reduce tensions between various communities and the police. Everybody wins. It's a great idea, and and most cops support it too. Virtually all cops in the halls of Congress, where they do two things: nothing and overreact. They're working on police reform ideas now. You may recall it was probably about a week ago. I said I predict there will be no significant move toward police reform because it's too good an issue. To solve. It's one of the curious parts about democracy, and this gets back to the whole democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others that have been tried. You, as a politician, are much better off stoking the pain of an issue than solving it. If you solve it, you will get a third of the people to come to the polls that you would get if you promised them you're going to solve it. In politics, you get paid in advance. You don't get paid for the work you do. Once things are solved, people are pacified. They're not going to show up at the polls. Politicians are smart; they know this. So I predicted that there would, that nothing would be happening, nothing would be done, because the Democrats, in particular, desperately want this issue to drive you to the polls. Tim Im- Scott, immigration and abortion have been two of those for Perfect. decades. Perfect. And this might be another one for decades to come. Well, and and you know, abortion is it's so morally fraught, but. The immigration, the, the idea that we couldn't come up with a compromise to get in plenty of temporary workers and, you know, let the DACA people stay around. Of course we could. You give me a week, I'll work it out. Bipartisan. It's not even hard. Um, but, yeah, that's a great example. It's better as an issue than a solved issue. Well, uh, Tim Scott, who's a Republican, uh, con- I'm sorry, a senator from Florida, he's a black man. Um, he's been talking about the negotiations, trying to get something done. And this clip's a bit lengthy, but I think it's worth going through. He's talking specifics in clip 22. I hear and I read in the House bill that they want more information so they can direct training in the right direction. That's the foundation of our bill. They say they want more training around de-escalation. That's in our bill. They say they want to have the chokehold banned or reduced except for the life of the officer. That's in our bill. They say they want a duty to intervene and, and, and studying the use of force. Those are in our bill. They say they want us to look at recruiting more uh, officers to reflect the diversity and the demographics in their city. That's in our bill. They say they want to have uh, more information on best practices. That's in our bill. They say they want to talk about mental health experts. That's what the president's executive order says on co-responders. It's in our bill. Drug addiction in our bill. Homelessness in our bill. Their priorities, fortunately and unfortunately for them, matches pretty well with the president's priorities. And those two match matches really well with my priorities and the Senate priorities on the Republican side. So now we're having to ask a political question. If you get two thirds of you want what you want out of the gate, why would you change the rules and change the goalposts? They said chokehold was the litmus test, but we had already put it in our bill. So they changed the goalposts. 
They do that because it seems like they're more interested in campaigns Mm -hmm. than they are the vulnerable communities they say they serve. And when you feel like you own that vote, Mm -hmm. you quit working hard for those people. The issue is that they're just trying to get it onto the floor and begin the amendment process where the Democrats and the Republicans can offer whatever amendments they like. And everybody has said, absolutely, we're, we're here to consider amendments. We'll consider everything. But the Democrats are actually stopping the bill from moving forward because once the momentum starts that they're actually crafting the final product, it'll be done before November because, as Tim, uh, Senator Scott indicated, there's so much agreement. There's your government working for you. That's disappointing. Uh, it is. It is. It is. And I think it's one of the great tragedies of the last 75 years that uh, the Democratic Party has had this monopoly on the black vote because, as Senator Scott indicated, number one, you stop working for it if it's granted. Why would you work for it? Why? You answer me this, friends, particularly on the progressive side. Why would the Democrats lift a finger to actually help black America when there's virtually zero chance they lose the black vote in the next four years, two years, four years, eight years. Why would you? I think it's a tragedy. I think, and and you know what? I have in front of me, literally right here in front of me, I'll, I'm going to touch it right now. Eh, I touched it. I touched it again. I have a couple of uh, learned studies from liberal think tanks that are devastating indictments of much of the left's policy toward black America over the last 50 years. Devastating. Brookings Institution, among others. Um, But the the Republicans, in all their flaming ineptitude, haven't been able to craft a message or or, uh, recruit enough black folks to the party or whatever to to hit what ought to be a one-foot putt. That's to convince black America, holy cow, have you gotten screwed over the last 50, 60 years with all these well-meaning but ill-considered policies. Again, it ought to be a one-foot putt, but they can't quite manage it. But Perhaps we'll share those studies with you another day, since the mob is out there looking for heads, as Trevor Noah so entertainingly put it, and we don't particularly want ours to be the next ones. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll keep it uh, cool, at least for a little while. Who is going to protect us from the Godzilla dust cloud? Well, you back on that again? That's what I want to know. That's what's got my attention. You can't stop a dust cloud. How about a Godzilla get, dust cloud? We get the great giant fans. Um, uh, Sean, I know you know some people involved in the world of the NBA. How likely is it they're actually going to play? I keep I, seeing conflicting reports. I still feel like it's more likely to happen than not, but okay, I'm, I'm cool. less confident than I was probably four days ago. All right, so it's but going it, the wrong it, direction? Yeah, yeah. It's trending downward, but I still think it'll happen in some form. Beware the headlines, you see. They are, in effect, a presumptive close. The uh, Major League Baseball owners are doing that right now. They're saying, all right, we've accepted the agreement the players proposed in March. we got 50 games ready to go, and, the, and then the playoffs, and we're good. Because they're trying to make the players look like the bad guys. It's too, um, it's too making been, it sound more worked out than it actually is. I realize is. these, uh, both the baseball and the NBA, this is all very complicated big business. Lots of contracts and broadcasting rights and shared this and that. Mm-hmm. It's too bad for, since it's just <clears throat> entertainment. I don't care about any of that. I just want the entertainment. And the players, I guarantee you, LeBron and the Lakers, who would they play? 
If, if you're just going like to have two teams. Like in the finals? Yeah. Who, who are they going to uh, play? The, Milwaukee? The Bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. I guarantee you, LeBron and the Lakers, the Milwaukee Bucks would be happier in hell. Pick an arena. We'll stay at one hotel. Give us seven games over a week and a half. We're there. They'd love to play that to see who's the best. And it'd be awesome to watch. Mm. America would love it. So why can't we make it happen somehow? A GoFundMe. Nobody's, nothing to do with your contracts. This is all a bunch of guys <laughs> on their own playing pickup games with local refs from the YMCA. Oh my. We're doing GoFundMe to pay for their hotel and everything else <laughs> to see who's the best team. Well, I would watch. Since there's no other playoffs, best of seven seems too short. How about best of 13? A lot of games. That's all right. Two teams string it out for a while. Two teams, best of thirteen. By the end of it, they would all hate each other. But anyway, there's. I gotta believe there's enough of the top tier teams that really want to play. Yeah, and the players themselves really want to play. Yeah, and the sucky teams are thinking, I don't want to get the vid. We're not going anywhere anyway. I don't want to spend three months in a hotel. Right. Have to get, you know, possibly get hurt, possibly get the COVID. I'm a free agent next season. Yeah, for nothing. Yeah. What am I getting out of this? Nothing. I miss my sweetheart. I miss my kids. I, I miss might get my the Chinese side pieces. Exactly. That's the one. Well, uh, friend in every port, you know? Yeah. Uh, they got they got a LeBron and uh, what's the the Greek freak? Is he the, the guy? Giannis. Yeah. Giannis added. Oh, I'm out of practice at 10. To, oh, I can't even do it. At the, at the very least, they got to get some of their friends together and they play three on three or whatever. Tenacumpo. Something. I, Greek I freak is a little demeaning toward Greek people. Really? It's a it's a compliment. He's a freak of nature. Really good athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhymes like with it. where he's from. Yeah, it's problematic. It. It's problematic. Anyway, it's uh, entertainment. And I would be entertained by some NBA playoffs. Could use that right now. Um, uh, catch you up on a couple. What was the one more thing we wanted to jam in before we got done? Oh, haven't talked about uh for a long time this the the new stuff out of Apple. They had a big announcement yesterday. Uh-huh. There's, there's some changes to the operating system. They say the biggest change since the iPhone came about. And it looks like Chaz might be over soon. Oh, Goodbye, Chaz. I'm gonna miss Chaz. Armstrong and Getty. So Apple did their big uh, conference yesterday where they announced new stuff. And, you know, it's the biggest company in the world. And uh, a lot of us have iPhones and a lot of us hate Apple. So you might want to hear it just so you can hate on them. I don't know. Uh, But so their new operating system, it's not a new iPhone. Apparently, they made the decision that people aren't going to shell out a whole bunch of money for new phones in the economy right now, so we're just going to update the operating system. The iOS 14 will come out soon, and you'll download it to everything. And it's going to be the biggest overhaul to the home screen and interface ever. I'm not sure I want that. I'm not sure I do either. I actually just updated to 13 point whatever on my iPhone last night. I'd been putting that off, and I'm already trying to figure out how to do various things that I used to do. Um. I do like, uh, Sean was mentioning, because he watched it, that they w- they mentioned privacy more than they've ever mentioned before, and it now seems like the big tech companies really realize the public's into this, and they're competing to be the number one company for privacy. Good. That is a good thing. Yeah. The new uh, apps are now going to come with what they call a nutrition label. Before you download an app, you'll be able to find out 
what what information it accesses and who it's going to give it to. Mm. So it's just a, a handy little three by five card of this is what the app is asking of your phone. So you I don't have to that. scroll through the user agreement. Of, How interesting. Uh, you're going to be able to unlock your car doors and lock your car with the new something or other that they got. So that's kind what? of it'll sync up with your car. How? I don't know. No, it can't. Magic. My car doesn't have an Apple in it, an iPhone in it. Uh, it'll be new new cars. The 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 first car that'll be compatible with this is the uh, 2021 oh, really? BMW, yeah. I yeah. tell you what, one more reason to get a Tesla. You can open it and close it with your app. You can turn on its air conditioning on a hot day as you're I'm going to be out there in about 5 minutes. My hands are on. broken or? Well, no, so it's cool when you get in it. Oh, gotcha. You Luddite. Um, <laughs> I do like this thing, though. Picture-in-picture video is coming to where you can have, you could be watching a ball game, or, you know, it would be better for me probably would be watching the debate. Biden and Trump are debating. I got the video right there, and now underneath the video, because it's picture in the screen, underneath it I'm following Twitter while I'm watching the debate on my phone. Mm. You can do multiple things. You can make it different sizes, move it around, whether you want to see news headlines or Twitter feed or whatever, yeah, while you're watching a ball good. game or, you know, that that's going to be pretty cool. need a bigger phone. I got a small phone, but I ain't going to do I got tiny hands. <laughs> Like doll hands. hands. They're like a doll. Yeah, yeah, he has to have his gloves custom made. <laughs> um, so anyway, some of that stuff I'm kind of excited about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, golly. Uh, what did I say we were going to do in this last segment? I completely forgot. I don't feel oh, like ch- anything serious. Is well, Chaz is going to shut down. The mayor of uh, Seattle is... Um, is. Have they been recognized by the UN? Too late. <laughs> no. No, and uh, if you had applied for Chazian citizenship, they're just getting started on the paperwork. They almost had their Navy up and running. but Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, let's see. How about that? Let's go with clip number 19. Here's the, the mayor of Seattle. Businesses need to open. Many of them have barely survived the COVID shutdown. And they and their employees are ready to get back to work, and they should be allowed to do so. The organizers at Capitol Hill have concluded that they should not gather overnight. We need to disrupt the cycle of violence. Too many stabbings and shootings and beatings and lunatics with guns walking around and businesses afraid to open, and they're getting increasingly angry and vocal. They had to. They thought they had to keep their mouths shut at first because they were afraid of the mobs, and then they realized if we don't raise our voices, the mobs are going to be running this place and we'll be run straight out of business. So the city fathers and mothers of Seattle have finally responded. Well, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to end, though. But somebody tried to get a Chaz going in Portland, didn't make it through the night before they got it shut down. Same in Washington, D.C., as other cities are realizing you don't want them to get started on one of these things. Isn't D.C. already kind of like an autonomous zone? It's not really a state. It's kind of just a thing. Yeah, but not run by uh, lunatics in black masks. But activists, this just across the wire, activists are demanding Oakland leaders cut the police department budget in half. Oh, that'll go well. Half the police force in Oakland, California. I'm sure the actual uh, residents of Oakland love that idea. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. We press the buttons in the control room. Michael Angelo, final thought? Yeah, Jack tells me that he keeps getting the voting day confused with my wedding days. Yep. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up a voting booth next to the dance floor. <laughs> and Jack, just read up on the propositions because I don't want an uninformed voter at my wedding. <laughs> Fair enough. Positive Sean, our producer, has a final thought. 
Yeah, one other note from the Apple event yesterday. The the newest version of the AirPods that are coming out with will have dynamic surround sound just in your little pod. So if you're like watching a movie on your phone, it'll seem like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park are coming up from right behind you. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Jack, a final thought for us? When they make finally make a movie about the Godzilla dust cloud, I'll bet it has a fantastic soundtrack. Jimmy. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. I'm just dumb done. Done with the whole world. I want to... Uh, Is that a cry for help? It's Tuesday. Yeah, no, How I'm, can you be done with the world on a Tuesday? Please, that's where I live. I woke up that way this morning. <laughs> I want to alert uh, all of our alert listeners that we have indeed seen the story that men who like cats are less likely to get a date. And yes, we have passed it on to Final Sean, uh, to, to Positive Sean, rather. Um, and he and his six cats are still desperately searching for love. Uh, Colorado State University found women are less likely to swipe right or say yes to men if the men have a cat in the picture. That's interesting. Not if it's a tiger. Ah, that's clearly true. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. You know who will swipe right, don't you? Carol Baskin. (laughs) That is correct. So many people, thanks for a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have all the podcasts are there. Fun AMG t-shirts to help pay the guys. We got, uh, what, what, email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just... Change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Yeah! Freedom. It's a great feeling to do what you want to do, be what you want to be. Jazz. Armstrong and Getty.